Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special mailbag edition of Half Court and Midrange. I'm Court. I'm Ray. finals and some quest we put out a call for mailbag questions and we had a resounding uh, amount of questions that people posed to us and so we're going to talk about those um first we might give just a quick little recap of game one uh and maybe ray also wanted to give kind of like a uh would you call it an obituary for the series preemptive series eulogy oh yeah that's that makes more sense so ray you want to fire on that Yes. So game one, the Warriors won um, a really close game uh, that went into overtime. LeBron had a shot at the very end, like an 18-foot fadeaway jump shot to potentially win. And then Amon Shumpert just missed the putback, uh, which would have been a pretty crazy shot. Um, but the Warriors ended up pulling away, pulling away in overtime. Um, my take on it was that the Warriors, they didn't seem to be kind of clicking on all cylinders. Their offense, they never seemed to got, get in that, like, rhythm where they were just on fire for, you know, five or ten minutes and, and pulled away. Um, but they were their kind of regular efficient selves. And on the Cle- on Cleveland side, they looked pretty good. They, they went like they have for most of the playoffs. They played a lot of isolation ball. It was a lot of LeBron and Kyrie doing kind of separate one-on-one things, mostly LeBron. Um, and just by the end of the game, it just really stopped working. Um, it was just incredibly hard for them to score points in overtime. Um, and it's all kind of a shame. It's not really fun basketball to watch. And you think if they tried to run some more plays, move the ball around, that the offense might flow a little bit easier. Um, but they don't yeah. really do that. But on the other hand, you kind of have to look at who else they have besides those guys. The New, yeah, the New York Knicks. I they guess. have Mozgov in there, who yes. had some dunks that didn't quite go as planned. Yes. Uh, he was fierce. He was fierce. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of their offense was predicated on those LeBron, uh, you know, one-on-one sort of deals or just giving it to LeBron. Uh, and that leads us into our mailbag question. Uh, we have a question here from Dan A., uh, from we definitely know the city he's from richmond last time i saw him it was in richmond so dan a from richmond and it's will lebron james quote go get unquote another 40 points if i i think the probabilistically i should probably say no uh i think if you say any player in any given game are they going to score 40 points the smart answer would probably be no but i'm actually going to go ahead and say yes they really don't have, with Kyrie out for the rest of the series uh, with a broken kneecap, which just, doesn't that really sound painful? Doesn't that, that sounds awful. Like, I was thinking about that in the car and just, like, touching my kneecap. And it was, like, really, it's kind of like hearing, just thinking about it was like hearing someone scratch their nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of injuries that are actually more painful, but that does sound just like... That's like something where you're like, that doesn't, it makes like other parts of your leg, like your shin bone. I don't know the medical term for it, but, uh, that seems like, yeah, that totally could break in half cause it's long, but your kneecap is just kind of in the middle there. It's like yeah. a little circle. 
Um, yeah, that sounds awful. And it does explain kind of the amount of pain he looked to be in as he was walking to the locker room. <laughs> we almost had another crotch incident with the yeah. microphone. Uh, this is a mailbag episode, but we're still going to plug mic stand. Haven't gotten any Tinder matches uh, that were willing to give me money. Yeah. Um, and while we weren't able to get a mic stand, um, our friend Josh did donate a cup. So I'm protected from... I'm protected from the mic, even if it's not secure. Yeah, he's wearing a cup. He's not wearing a shirt. Uh, he's protected. Uh, so I'm going to say no to the will he go get another 40 points. Uh, I think that maybe this is going to be a game where maybe J.R. Smith uh, does his thing where he shoots the ball a lot. Well, he d usually does that, but it might be one where he just kind of hits those improbable shots. Uh, I think they'll continue at that kind of like not so exciting pace uh and it, it's going to be another ugly game i don't think they're going to win um there's a couple of replacements for Kyrie, uh including <laughs> matthew delvadova who uh, that leads nicely into our next mailbag question which comes from charles a from charlottesville virginia who asks what was the conversation like in delvadova's uber um, and I didn't quite understand this right at first, but I had to look it up. I didn't up. understand it either. I had to look it up. And so I looked it up and what happened was, uh, Matthew Delavadova after the game was over game one, uh, which was held at Oracle arena in, uh, Oakland after the game was over, he missed the last call for the Cavaliers team bus, I guess back to the hotel. Uh, and so he couldn't get on the bus with the rest of the team and he had to take an Uber, uh, back to the hotel <laughs> instead. I just want to know what the circumstances are. Like, what are you doing? Don't you take a shower? You get dressed. You do the press conferences, and then like, if anybody was going to be late, why would it be Matthew Deladova? I know what? he clearly wasn't shaving during yeah. that because he has has this like scruffy beard. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. It wasn't like he was giving like a long press conference. He didn't play terribly many minutes in there, and like didn't like horribly blow the game or do anything exciting. Um, he his best friend Joe Harris was probably already on the bus. Um, so I, yeah, I also am kind of confused as to what he would be doing in yeah. the locker room for that long. Maybe he really likes long showers yeah, and doesn't mind spending, you know, Uber is probably cheaper in the Bay area anyway. Right. Cause that's where they're from. Yeah. Also, yeah. this he is could also just been like in fear realizing Kyrie was probably out and just like, what am I going to, I'm going to have to play a lot of basketball in front of millions and millions of people watching on television my other conspiracy theory is this was like uber paid him to intentionally miss the ah. bus and then say that he took an uber uh do you think they're trying to expand their australian market yeah probably i don't know mm. what the regulations are like down there but uh you know they've done pretty well in in north america except for the montreal incident where their offices got raided or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> there was also, speaking of Uber, uh, on ESPN, I was checking the Pelicans news. They've hired Alvin Gentry, who's the assistant for the Warriors right now, assistant coach. They've hired Al Alvin Gentry to be their coach next season. And so a video was on the Pelicans news section, which was called Alvin Gentry's travel tips. Uh, I can't recommend that you watch the video. Uh, it was like a really boring interview with them. <laughs> Uh, except for the very end, which was kind of funny because they asked him uh, rental car or do you take a cab or or Uber anywhere, everywhere. And Alvin Gentry, I quote, 
you got a Uber. It's the greatest thing that's ever out there. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm not sure. I'm, I've never taken an Uber in New Orleans. He might be a little disappointed uh, when he gets here as far as like Bay Area Uber goes versus New Orleans yeah. Uber. But there's a lot of very like basic utilities and services that are kind of disappointing in New Orleans. So maybe <laughs> you would ad- like adjust for that. Strangely enough, I know they're getting a new stadium. I'm, I'm sure the stadium here is actually much better than the Oracle Arena. Mm, yes. Um, yeah. Smoothie, the, the smoothie, smoothie King, King Center. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, so what do you think uh, Deladova talked about with the Uber driver? Uh, I was, you know, that guy, and I really should have uh, had this on the top of my head, but there was the guy who played for Xavier, I believe, last year in the NCAA tournament, and he was also an Uber driver in oh, his yeah? spare time. Okay. And so I kind of imagine in my, I think his name was like Matt Stainbrook or something like that. And he, he was a big guy too. He was like, you know, power forward or center and definitely it would be funny to see him in some sort of like economy car, uh, as your driver. But I'm hoping he was the driver for Delavadova when Delavadova like called it. Um, like and I think, I don't know. I think he probably just like maybe sulked the whole time. He looks kind of some, like somebody who would sulk. He was probably just like on his phone. Yeah. What if he just spent the whole time trying to convince the driver that he was an NBA player? <laughs> like, I swear. I swear I'm an NBA player. I was like, uh, whatever, dude. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, so I think that this is a good time for maybe, Ray, if you want to do your Delvadova voice, if you want to try an Australian accent, <laughs> this no. would be good. <laughs> no. Or, I. Uh, okay, I, maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe we'll, next we'll time. work on it. Okay, next time we'll have Nicole Gelb as our guest, and Ray is going to do an Australian accent for the entire podcast. No, no, n- <laughs> perhaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, that was kind of Jay. Uh, maybe I was being a little bit of a J-Bo by trying to get you to do an Australian accent. Uh, we use this term J-Bo a lot among our friends. Uh, it's kind of hard to define, but maybe you want to take a stab at it, Ray. Yeah, and it's necessary for us to explain it now because a number of our, uh, let's say, uh, 25 or you know, 37% of the questions we got included this word uh, in it. Um, and so we want to answer those questions and both exp- give some context. Um, the word Jabo is a term of endearment and can also be used to chide in a friend group of ours from college. Um, it has had a, like a galvanizing force on, on this group of folks. Um, and it is related in some way to this football player that used to play quarterback at Georgia Tech named Jabo Shaw. Um, so that that being said that's a good definition jabo kind of also is kind of a filler word that can really like take the place of any part of speech really although it's most often a noun um or adjective uh it's the adjective form is usually j Mm -hmm. uh which is short for jabo um so there's kind of i and i don't i don't remember the term for this but there is a term for a word in a language that's kind of like this catch-all word Mm -hmm. and uh when i've looked it up before the example they always give is like a hawaiian pigeon uh i don't know how to say that word but there's like a word that just kind of like is filler it just means like that thing over there or it can be used as an adjective or a verb or an interjection as well um but I think you were saying that it, when we were talking about this right beforehand, you were saying there's also a, a similar word in Philadelphian English. 
Yeah, so Philadelphian English is is special and different. Um, there's one word that folks use around there, uh, John, J-A-W-N, and it sort of can mean anything. If you like, hand me that John, a really common usage of it is um, someone will refer to their significant other as their as a John. So it's kind of like that. Um, I think it's not not used to kind of joke around as much because uh, J-Bo is kind of like synonymous like knucklehead in a certain ways and that's the context that it's going to come at with these questions. Yeah, it's like kind of like uh, you, you both like love and hate the person in a way. Mm -hmm. Mostly love though. It's like an endearing knucklehead. Mm -hmm. Kind of um, like shaking your head. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Did that again. <laughs> and so uh, with that, we're going to uh, go into the J-Bo section of the mailbag and uh, we also have, so we have another question from Dan A. from Richmond, which is, who is the bigger J-Bo, Iman Shumpert or J.R. Smith? To me, this is a, this is a slam dunk question here. Um, J.R. Smith is the answer uh, to me. I actually, I think Iman Shumpert's a pretty kind of like run-of-the-mill, um, hardworking, kind of versatile basketball player. You kind of put him in there, he's like kind of crafty. Um, he's got a sweet haircut. Um, J.R. Smith is like a space cadet, crazy man who, who's like can be really good at basketball, can be really infuriating, can do incredibly dumb things. And so I think it's much more likely that he would leave you shaking your head being like, man, J.R. Smith is a J.B.O. I agree completely that J.R. Smith is the bigger J.B.O. And he also has the added benefit of having J in his name, J.R. Ah, Smith. Didn't even think about that. Uh, but yeah, you see him like go up and take some of these shots and you're like, what a J.B.O. And then he makes, well, sometimes he'll have these games where he's just hitting them all and you're like, Damn, that's kind of J. Um, so we've determined it for those two players. We had a, another question from another person. Uh, this one is Robbie C., uh, from Chapel Hill area, North Carolina, and he asks uh, the the broader question: Who is the biggest Jabo in this series? Do you want to take it first, Court? Uh, I'll I'll go second. Uh, I have some. There's like a lot of options here that are really good. Delvadova is has shown you know in the previous playoff games he's jumped at guys' knees. Uh, he's taken and now he's taken an Uber away from a game. Uh, he also is uh, just kind of like a guy that l he's yeah he's kind of he's kind of Jay he's kind of a Jaybo. Uh, Joe Harris probably gets some votes just because uh, he's uh, you know he has the unique quality of having gone to UVA where a lot of these guys that are Jaybos are from. Uh, Iman Shumpert actually went to Georgia Tech maybe at the same time as the the real Jaybo. Uh, but we already, as we Ooh. discussed, not very Jay. Um, you could go into some coaches. The coaches are pretty not Jay in this as well. They're not yeah. really big Jaybos. Um, Steve Kerr, pretty businesslike. Yeah. Blatt, like he, you know, LeBron just kind of powers through him anyway. He doesn't really get a chance to be a Jaybo. Yeah, that was a pretty comprehensive analysis there, Court. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know if I feel good about this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say, on an under the radar pick, I'm gonna go with Bogut. Um, he and I and this I think maybe like I really like Bogut. Um, the way he plays, he's kind of very. Uh, he, he's really good. He plays really hard. He's really smart. He's like crafty, 
Um, he does some things that make you shake your head, and he's like pretty dirty. He's like grabbing people's arms. There was notably one play in the first game where he's just falling. Uh, I forget whose arm. I think he had Tristan Thompson's arm. He's just like falling, holding his arm. It's like super dangerous, um, especially after the Kevin Love thing. Um, so he's the kind of guy I feel like would leave you shaking your head a lot, and I feel like he wouldn't. He kind of doesn't. It doesn't seem like he gets as much like negative attention for the kind of uh, dirty little things that he does. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and call him out. Right, yeah. It seems like that he gets a lot of positive attention for like being an awesome defensive player yeah. and less so on his little digs and whatnot. Um, I think that's a pretty valid choice, Ray. Thank you. Uh, I am going to put out two other candidates here. One, there's going to be an honorable mention for Timothy Mozgov, uh, just because kind of his expressions after he does anything, uh, he just kind of looks like a J-Bo when he does those. And yes. sometimes he yeah. like has flashes of being really good, but he can't quite be as good as they need him to be, probably. Yeah, he does. His stupefied look is very is very impressive. He, yeah, yeah, when he thinks that he's been fouled and has missed a dunk or in something like that and then he'll like kind of like wait for a second and then turn to the ref and just look really confused yeah he needs to watch how lebron and kobe do it you know, he needs to get a little bit more kind of swagger with his complaining yeah instead of like i don't know acting like uh i don't know yeah. like he just woke up and he's like I don't know. He just out of sorts. Yeah, he looks more shocked or not even shocked, really, just like befuddled in some way. Versus Kobe and LeBron look outraged. There's like pure outrage on their face that like it's an affront to them that such a call could be made. Of course, you would have called this correctly because I'm so great and you recognize my greatness. Right, and I think it's a it's a kind of a big act for them too. Like, yeah, it's kind of like my uh, set of those Catan strategy. Where I just try to act like I'm, you know, any sort of play against me. <laughs> anyway, I digress. The real biggest J-Bo uh, for me in this series is Draymond Green. Oh, I thought you were going to go Steph Curry. You thought I was going to go Steph Curry? Yeah. He's not. He's more of like a bro than yeah. a Yeah, okay. A I hear that. I hear that, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. So it, it was, yeah, a lot of warriors on the J-Bo side here. Um, I'm going to go with Draymond because he just really uh, gets into it with the extracurriculars. Uh, He'll be grabbing people too. And then he always has this kind of like, he's kind of like shocked that he's always involved in these altercations. And he always just manages to like sneakily do it. And he really gets under guys' skin. And he's still a good player too. Like he does some some pretty good stuff. He can stretch the floor there and he can defend. And he just kind of does it all. so that leads us to another mailbag question. This one is also from Robbie C. of Chapel Hill. Uh, he really does believe in Draymond Green in that he's asking, is Draymond Green the best player in the NBA? No. Agreed. Uh, so <laughs> speaking of Draymond Green, we have a question from Edward R. of, I guess, the Bay Area. He's San Francisco. He kind of like travels around. Uh, he asks, will Robbie, of previously mentioned Robbie C. fame, name his daughter Draymond? Robbie uh, and his wife are expecting a daughter, um, and Edward is asking whether we think, or I guess in general, whether Robbie will name his daughter Draymond. I'm also going to say no, probably. I think if he were 
if someone were to try to, and they'd probably make it uh, a f- the female version of Draymond. I don't know what that means. What that would be, Dray, Draymona, Draymonisha, something in that in yeah. that realm. I'm thinking probably Robbie and Aaron will not settle on that. Right. Um, I could see them. Although if they did, I would hope they would put some punctuation in it. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. I agree. I think he's Robbie's a little more of a traditionalist. Yeah, uh, he's kind of interested in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that that it's one of those neologisms as a name would uh, kind of suit his family style. Mm-hmm. Uh, neologisms that mean like what does that mean? That's like a new word, okay, like a, a made up word, okay. Um, and so. So that kind of leads into the question, what do you think is more likely, that Draymond Green is the best player in the NBA or that Robbie would name his daughter Draymond? Um, I think it's weirdly, well, it's totally implausible that Draymond either is or will ever be the best player in the NBA. I still think that's significantly more likely than (laughs) Robbie naming his daughter Draymond. That's where I would stand. I think it's more likely that Robbie would name his daughter Draymond. (laughs) Um, yeah, it would be a pretty hip choice, and he's secretly a hipster. Yeah. I mean, I think he. I guess there's some kind of radical transformation that could happen. This is a our friend Robbie. Uh, he's studying history. Uh, he rides his bike to. Yeah, he's getting his PhD in history. He yeah. rides his bike to work. Yeah, he has a beard. He has a beard. He wears flannels. He wears flannels. Um, pretty. You can pretty much guess what kind of person he is. Pretty big hipster. Yep. Uh, speaking, and he he enjoys discussing hipsters apparently because this is uh, the third and final question that Robbie C sent in to us, and he is asking us: Are hipster fans the Warriors' greatest enemy? I think he's asking on like, behalf of the community, you know, to just like understand, you know, yeah, just trying to understand their role. And I think he's saying like their own hipster fans. He's not saying like are the Warriors' greatest enemy like Cleveland's hipster fans, which I think is kind of an oxymoron in itself. Um, yeah, I think he's saying like their greatest like enemy to them being likable is that if you look into the crowd and see their fans, it's like a bunch of Bay Area hipsters that yeah. uh, have kind of like gotten onto this team now that they've gotten hot and we're like not really with them from the beginning. Yeah. I think the weird thing about this question is it maybe shows a little bit how Robbie's out of touch in that the Warriors are extremely likable. Everybody likes the Warriors. Everybody says going to their home games is one of the most fun live experiences in the NBA. Um, I think most people think it's cooler that they play in Oakland and San Francisco and that Oakland gets a little little piece of the uh, professional sports action. so yeah, if they are an enemy, I would say they are they are not a mighty one and that they are not being effective. I agree. I don't really think he perceives the fans to be pretty hipster. I when I look at their fans, I don't think as much hipster and I think more of like that crazy Bay Area tech scene. Like mm. these are like it's like almost like the the, you know, New York like bankers and stuff like that. These are people in pursuit of money and power mm-hmm. and just maybe from mm-hmm. the more of the tech side of things. Yeah. So they're kind of like the nerdy version of like the the Knicks fans that yeah. you see in the garden. And to a the little ex- bit th- except for they they are much more engaged in the game yes. than that. They yeah. haven't quite made it yet. They're still in pursuit of that wealth, but they have they're not there and they can't just like sit around like all the Knicks fans and not do anything. Yeah. And maybe to the extent that like they appear to be hipsters, maybe they're more like 
the scene star types and so right. you know and they are stylish i'm sure you know yeah yeah but it that and the question does make me want to ask like which team does have the most hipster fan base that you can think of that's a good question well you i mean my first thought would be portland i think yeah i think they still are the reigning champs there yeah and they don't seem to have that would seem to be one place where your average kind of fan can actually go one of the places where your average fan can really go to the games and be involved and be a season ticket holder um that they're not like bought out by the by the banker types or that the the whole like feel of the arena isn't changed by some kind of corporate presence right yeah um, i think another a sleeper pick there might be the seattle supersonics <laughs> yes <laughs> yes uh that's a really that's a really good answer yeah um i'm guessing i'm guessing that is the most popular attire for hipster nba fans is seattle supersonics definitely yeah i've seen okay yeah i've seen i've seen people with with seattle supersonic stuff on yeah Yeah. and it's kind of like oh i liked the nba back when it was cool and the seattle supersonics existed Mm -hmm. um the other hipster uh, Did one jersey. of our friends combine Detlef Shrimp's uh, name with another player's name? Were you there for that? Oh, uh, there was Detlef Shrimp. Uh, uh, Detlef Shrimp. Oh, right? so Something I'm just like going to keep trying to think of it. It, but was, it was Nicole, fantastic. for sure. I think it was, it was Nicole. Amazing. Detlef uh, Kemp? Kemp, yeah. Yes. It was uh, Kem- okay. No, Sean Kemp. Sean, Sean Kemp. Kemp. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because she was like, I loved going to the Sonics games when I was a kid. Uh, I really wanted to see see Sean Kemp and how good he was. I don't know if Mike Devine is listening, but if he was, I feel like he could make something oh, yeah. pretty funny with if that. If he photoshopped a, a Sean Kemp. Yeah. I, I know that Mike <laughs> Devine loves to talk about Sean Kemp and also, yeah, the NBA in general. So, if Mike, if you're out there, uh, I beseech you to Photoshop. Um, uh, I had something else, too, as far as uh, hipster fans. Oh, yeah. That speaking of Nicole and and hipster Sonics fans, uh, Jamal Crawford, uh, I oh, saw yeah. back in the day. I remember there was this hipster dude at UVA who wore a Jamal Crawford Knicks jersey around a lot, which I think was pre- was pretty hip. As far as uh, someone That's who's just hip. like not, I forgot he was on the Knicks, <laughs> and he was you know in classic Knicks form, like scored a lot of points and lost a lot of games. Yeah, wow, I totally forgot that. Um. Well, I think that about does it for uh, hipster fans. Uh, and we've been talking about some of our regular guests or irregular guests and that Nicole has still never been a guest on the podcast and had to finish a drawing instead of being on this podcast. Uh, we also were missing out on Joel today because Joel was at work. Um, but we will get to watch game two with Joel later at his house. Sure, uh, man. It should be a nice big party. Uh, the, but our final question, this is the, also the third and final question from Dan A from Richmond. Uh, and he is really concerned about our buddy Joel and the title of the podcast. Uh, cause the title of course is half court and mid range. Uh, and we often introduce Joel as our guest star. Um, and so Dan A is asking, will Joel finally get a basketball related nickname? So, uh, luckily, uh, loyal listener, um, Ben, also in North Carolina, um, suggested after the last podcast, even before we 
put out a submission for questions uh, that we that we incorporate Joel as Pick and Joel. And I love that. I, it is amazing. I love that. I can't believe that that wasn't. You know, it's just like yeah. it makes so much sense. And we it's really perfect. thank we really thank Ben F. Uh, also of Chapel Hill. Yeah. Uh, as one of our loyal listeners and just for coming up with that. Uh, I don't think we've told Joel about this yet. Yeah, he might actually, I think he can find out maybe by listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah. That would or be, Lindsay. We'll get Lindsay. Yeah, we yeah. might tell him tonight. I might tell him tonight. There's probably, okay. you know. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that was pretty, yeah. So, so far, both yours and Joel's and my predictions are still in play. Uh, as Ray and Joel both picked a sweep. I picked a uh, game seven <laughs> win by the Cavaliers. Court, uh, Court insightfully noted that his his prediction will not actually like definitely be wrong until the series like until the series is actually over. So in as long as the series is still happening, the Cavs could technically win in seven games. Right. Um, which is a good point. And there could be a situation where the series ends and my prediction becomes right. Yes. Which would necessarily be the Cavs winning game seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, all the Cavs have to do is win one single little game. One J.R. Smith shooting 10 for 11 from three. Yeah. Which which we never got to the preemptive eulogy at the beginning. Um, it really doesn't look good for the Cavs right now um, with Kyrie being out and with the way they played and just not really, not really running an offense, just relying too much on LeBron, the supporting cast, just not being strong enough and, and Golden State being this efficient machine. Um, it just doesn't look, doesn't look very good for the Cavs right now. It doesn't look good. I would say that even before we were talking about which prediction is more likely, I would say that the sweep now is definitely more likely. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I would be I would be pretty shocked if this thing goes to six games. Um, and I think I do think the most likely outcome is is Golden State sweeping, barring some, um, barring you know, it, definitely there's like a the possibility of a 50, 60 point LeBron game or J.R. Smith going bananas or something like that. But right. so the sad thing is, I mean, the Cavs maybe may get swept and the series will be over mm -hmm. but the happy thing is this podcast isn't going anywhere so. oh no draft draft coverage is going to ramp up um <laughs> and you know i could talk about that all day long and i think we're going to be we i really liked this mailbag uh i don't know if you did ray I liked it too. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice. And so I think that we'll maybe put out another call for for mailbag. Uh, we'll we'll send an email out to people to our faithful listeners. And as always, if you ever just want to send us suggestions on my Tinder for mailbag questions, Tinder, yeah, we would love it. We're gonna do it again. Yeah, uh, and we can I really thank all of the question submitters by name. Thank. Uh, we would like to thank. Oh, I have the cheat sheet here, okay. but we'd like to thank Charles A. from Charlottesville. Uh huh. Like to uh, thank. Dan from Richmond, uh, Robbie, currently located in North Carolina, um, and Edward mm -hmm. in uh, California. Yeah, that's all? all four of them. All right. And, and a and, special oh, and, shout and, out to ben, ben F. for uh, Also of North Carolina for the, the pick and Joel suggestion. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we had a good time. I'm Court. I'm Ray. Have fun watching game two. Have a good night.